are now listening to Boys Next Door. I am not the one, the one, the one, the one, the one, the one, and call him him baby. Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Boys Next Door. It's me, your host, Freddie, aka Blackberry. And today I am joined by a special guest. Goes by the name of Jatella. Um <laughs> Jatella. Um so tell the people Jatella. Tell the people about yourself. What's going on here? Um that's a good question. I'm a 24, recently turned 24-year-old Black Studies PhD student at Northwestern University, Mm -hmm. um, studying um, Black visual culture, um, Black feminist theory, and critical theory. Um, Yeah, so I'm a writer, uh, a Morehouse alum, and you know, Bush Queen out here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for uh, the people who don't know, well, how, do, how, how long have we known each other? Oh, wow. That's a, right. Today is literally our first day meeting. Wow. Um, we've known each other probably since I've been on Twitter almost. I would say like 2014, 15. Yeah, like, since I actually really was on Twitter, like, 2014, maybe? Even maybe a little earlier than that. That makes maybe sense. 2013, even. Uh, you know, I was just about to, because I was thinking, you know, it was... Because I remember getting on Twitter when um, Pink Friday Reloaded had, like, really... Yes, yeah, so, uh, I, I think it was off. definitely, like, 2013-ish. Yeah. That makes sense. And I was getting, like, I really liked Pink, Pink Friday Reloaded, so, like... A lot of my initial following base was Barb's. <laughs> and so the, I Do you consider you. yourself a Barb? Because um, I think you just kind of got associated with the Barb's. <laughs> and so people just thought you were a Barb. Because um, I, I don't think you are a Barb. I don't think I'm a Barb because I think to be a Barb, you have to... Be, be a psychopath? Yeah, you have to be incapable of having, like, a critical disposition toward Nicki Minaj or, like, any actual... I wish I could see my face right now. <laughs> like, most barbs don't have any type of intellectual critique, a true intellectual critique of Nicki Minaj. They just follow her like, a, like you know... I agree with that. <laughs> her word is Bible. I'm capable so. of critiquing and still being like, only I can do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's, like, requirements for critique. So I also don't think that, like, most people are giving good critiques of Nicki Minaj, whether they're barbs or not. Like, Yeah. Most people just be talking trying shit. to be assholes. Yeah. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about Queen and Slim, as you can tell by the title of this episode. <laughs> uh, we are now, I'm just letting y'all know, spoilers all through the bitch. We're going to be talking details, very specific. Uh, we're going to break the movie down. Um, so, for those of you who have, have not seen Queen and Slim and you just don't care, you want to listen to these spoilers anyway, the basis of the movie is these two people, they go on a date. Um, it's not really a good date. They not really like 
clicking like that. Homegirl queen, she thinks Slim is trash, pretty much. <laughs> um, he takes her home. They get pulled over by the cops. And on the way, like, during the interaction with the cop, um, the cop ends up shooting Queen. And Slim shoots the cop in self-defense, and then they go on the run for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, um, what what did you think about the movie? Like your first, after your first, how many times have you watched it? Just once? I've only seen it once. I think I'm gonna go see it again this weekend. Though. Yeah, I want to see it again too. What what was your overall takeaway from the movie? Like initially, um, initially I was I was both like really troubled by it and also. Um, weirdly infatuated with what had happened. Um, yeah, so I I liked the movie. I liked the movie, but I I had just a lot of feelings about why what happened happened. Um, and what other people would experience the movie like or as like that was my first my first reaction like whoa that wasn't a lot that really it was a that lot happened. something happened to my body during yes. this film and so i immediately began to think of other people and how they would like how their bodies would respond to the film um because i thought it was beautiful i thought it was like so painterly and and I think Melina really did a the damn job and the colors did a really great job in the cinematographer. That's my favorite part of the movie, the cinematography. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and so on that, uh, at least that register, I was infatuated. But then on some kind of more formal elements in terms of plot construction and character development and things like that, I was troubled. So I had like this very contradictory takeaway. <laughs> so you, you liked it and you hated it. Yeah. Um, the cinematography for me is definitely my favorite. Um, I listened to an interview where um, Melina uh, explained like how she scouted locations for the movie and stuff like oh. that. Yeah, she said, um, and they they specifically chose Ohio because um, it was the one of the last stops on the Underground Railroad. Um, she specifically chose uh, the white Honda Accord because she said while she was there, like, I think I, I could have the number wrong, but she said like 11 people got pulled over while she was scouting. And one person, I think the last person or one of the people that ended up getting pulled over was in a white Honda Accord. So she was like, OK, Slim is going to be in a white Honda Accord. It's going to be his car. Um, what else did she did she say that was interesting? She said she dropped a lot of gems about the movie. They they explained in detail like why they did what they did, and I was like, that's interesting. It made me look at certain stuff that they did a little differently. Cause some things I was like, okay, this is a lot. Like mm -hmm. this was either unnecessary or it was just like a lot. Mm -hmm. But after hearing them explain it, um, it kind of made sense. So starting from the beginning. The first date, yeah. the opening scene, yeah. um, Slim is like going to town on his food, right? Yeah. Like very like, he's never eaten before. And Queen, <laughs> Queen is looking at this nigga like, um, okay. Class much. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, 
And then first of all, when they get the food, he's praying over the food, and she's like, "Okay, you're doing this shit." Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what's her name? Lena explained that she purposely put religion into this movie, so I guess you know, mm. we can discuss that a little bit more. But um, so they they have the date. I forgot what what the dialogue was on the date. Were they even talking about this? Yeah, they. If I can recall correctly. Um, they talked about why she took the date, you know? Oh, yes, yes. And, like, how they even got there. And she was like, well, I was just... I'm an attorney, and the person I was defending, defense attorney and the person I I was defending got executed, and I needed somebody to, you know, drink with, because usually I would drink some wine by myself. Right. Yeah. So that was... That dialogue was... Very, again, it set a like you always said, kind of set a framework for the kind of mood, the initial moods of the film. And I'm reading now. It says she said in a half hour, six people were pulled over, and that, and then she saw a white accord, and that's why she chose the white accord. Mm. So they go from the bar, I mean, from the restaurant to their to the car. Yeah, and uh. How did they even get, end up getting pulled over? I think he was, he ended up, he swerved because he tried to take yeah. his phone back from her. Yeah. And then they saw the blue lights. Yeah. So immediately my feeling was like, oh shit. Now, even though I'm, I'm already knowing the premise of the movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, still mm-hmm, seeing mm-hmm. the cop car get behind them, I was like, it's finna go down. Yeah. Like I was immediately like, I had a physical reaction to that. Cause even like in my car, when the police get behind me and they're just minding their business, I'm like, oh my fucking God, God. Yeah, what is yeah. about to happen to me? I will t- uh, intentionally take a detour. If I'm going the wrong way, I don't care. I just don't want the police behind me. Absolutely. So when I saw that scene, it was like, okay, shit is about to get real. Do you ever have like, do you drive? I don't, but I, I was in, Something very similar happened to me, um, where which I'm sure is a very common experience. I don't think what, what I'm about to say is unique in any way, but I was in a car with a boy, and he... A boy? <laughs> this is back in Atlanta. <laughs> um, and he uh, made a turn on red or something. Like It was like a really interesting reason to be pulled over. And... Um, he got pulled over and I immediately, I just remember like, like you're saying, being, it's very interesting about like, I remember being arrested already, like before anything could have transpired, like being arrested by the moment. Like I was frozen. I was like, what the fuck is about to happen? So before anything bad could happen, something had already happened internally that made me, um, that made my body feel stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so I definitely get the feeling of like, oh my fucking God, when you see those red and blue lights, it's, it's, it's a traumatic. very traumatic experience. Immediately. Immediately traumatic. Yeah. And we're, lastly, like we're having this conversation in Chicago. <laughs> and like, I think it's very important to name that, you know, Chicago Police Department is historically corrupt. Uh, yes, the fucking fire. I mean, the, the police chief just got fired. Yeah, yeah. For like, 
<laughs> conspiracies yeah, to cover and, up crime. No, like, and I read that he like he like left the bar drunk and was asleep at a stoplight. My God. And he uh, supposedly lied about it, and Lori was like, "Okay, you. This is the last straw." This is also the anniversary. Today is the anniversary of, um, or when this gets posted, um, it will be a couple of days or maybe a day away from the anniversary of Fred Hampton's murder. I just saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he was an activist and organizer um, with the Black Power Movement based in Chicago, and he was assassinated by the FBI collaborating with CPD here in Chicago, so. And see, I had heard that name before, but I didn't know the story until I saw the tweet, and I still don't know the full story. Apparently yeah. him and another guy, they were sleeping in the house, yeah. and like, was it like 14 police officers? Or yeah, that? came in. Just and came just, in and, and killed them. Yeah, so like, just not to detour too much, but to your point. That's like, crazy that the police and black that's people. like <laughs> happening at the same time. Um. So he asked asked him to step out the car. Now, what what possessed him to ask him to step out the car? I don't remember. What did, did he say something? She said something very snarky. Well, she was she being was like, she was being a, like she was being an asshole the whole time. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "Well, you got your light." Right, 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 right. right. His face and uh, in that moment right there, not to cut you off, um, that yes. happened. Now, I, okay, I have this thing where. I, Mm-hmm. And my sisters told me to calm down. I, I, I hate authority. Me too. So m- the few times I have been pulled over by a police officer, with the exception of like the last couple times, my attitude goes from zero to like fire very quickly. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I've argued with police officers before. Yeah. Even like after knowing like that they shoot people for breathing. Yeah. So... This one time I got pulled over, mind you, I park in front of my house and then they turn the lights on. I'm like, I'm parked in front of my house. (laughs) Are you fucking serious right now? So they come to the car with the lights in my face. And so I'm like this. And he made a comment like, why are you like covering your face? I'm like, because you got this fucking light in my face. And then your partner got the fucking light in my face, too. So both of y'all got the fucking lights in my face. That's why he was like, I don't have it in your face. I'm like, you just took it out because I just fucking said that. Yeah. So, I mean, they pulled me over for some stupid. What did they pull me over for? I don't even fucking know. I was just like, I thought they were pulling me over for running the stop signs because I, <laughs> I do that often. Yeah. Like on the side <laughs> street, if I don't see no cars, I'm like running the stop signs. I thought that's what they were pulling me over for. They pulled me over for something dumb. I don't even remember. So when I saw that in the movie, I was like, I had that exact moment. Get this fucking light out of my I'm face. Just, you yeah. can see me. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he asked him to step out the car. Then he searches the trunk. Mm-hmm. Um... And Slim is like, well, could you hurry up? It's cold out here. Like, yeah. oh, what's going on, sweetie? It's yeah. like cold. She blows I wanna... the horn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, she did blow the horn. Yeah. And um, now we don't know this until like towards the end of the movie, but this cop has like a history. His... Yeah. And he already killed somebody yeah. for no reason. And got off. Yeah. And got away with it. But um, and I think she knew about that. It would seem as if she would, right? Yeah. Because he asked her, uh, Slim asked her, he was like, you knew about that? And she just had a look on her face like, no. But she kind of looked like, yeah. I mean, I feel like she would know she's an attorney. Yeah, she's an attorney. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so she gets out the car, goes for her phone, and boom, he shoots her. Yeah. And Slim and the police officers start wrestling. 
and he gets a hold of the gun and he shoots the police officer and then yeah. there's just like this like stuck yeah everybody's silent just looking around yeah and so i'm thinking to myself are y'all gonna run now y'all take it yeah i guess um you know they got to build up the suspense in the movie i was Absolutely. like could y'all hurry up and like go skedaddle like yeah. um what did you think about that scene like how it escalated like that well i clapped as soon as he shot the police officer within the theater and i was the only person clapping and and, and <laughs> why did you clap because it, it i felt it, there was something again it, i think this is going to be a recurrent theme in our conversation some like something happened to my body when i saw a black a, a, a cop get shot like the reverse that role reversal mm -hmm. um had a particular type of effective charge for me and i was just like we should be like applauding <laughs> like like there should be like an yeah. applause about about this this kind of flipping of the scenario um and so i was clapping i was like yeah kill that nigga because <laughs> abolish the police but right. um yeah so when i saw that i was i was pretty like instantaneously happy but then of course i, I began to be very troubled immediately about like there's a dash cam <laughs> like you know there's exactly. a dash cam here um and they're also on seem to be like not on any secluded street <laughs> you know what i'm saying right. like it was it was and a the very street was like street. eerily like quiet yeah like, nobody yeah, 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 else was yeah, around yeah, yeah. but so. i felt like everybody was watching them like come on yeah we should coming. get out of here yeah and then they get in the car and drive away. But she like incurred like I think it was really important to talk about like oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, little yeah, conversation yeah, yeah. that yeah, yeah, they yeah. had like how they even I get to the that. point like how do they get to the point of deciding to run away? So I was shocked that it was her right, who right, encouraged right, like right. okay we got to go. I would get think the like the attorney <laughs> would have the sense like okay there's dash cam they're gonna see that this is self defense. We might be able to beat this, but she was just yeah. like nah no. nigga let's go. <laughs> yeah yeah. That was shocking to me. I wasn't expecting that. I, yeah, I think it, I think, I think it, of course, had something to do with, um, of course, I think it had more to do with, like, her just coming off of this execution of this, uh, uh, this, this, her client, mm -hmm. and, like, we can have there's a there's a definitely room for critique about people who are within the system um claiming to try to reform the system but there's also something about being within the system that gives you an intimacy with the ugliness of the system that no one else really has mm -hmm. so when you are an a defense attorney you are working within a legal system um that is inherently anti-black but you are very because you're working within it you get up close like all the terrible things that happen right and so i think seeing that she was just like able to make a very clear fat, clear and fast assessment about like oh this is not gonna end well for us let's just get the fuck out <laughs> like, let's way, just like if we stay and wait for like help or yeah. if we run we're fucked either yeah. way if we decide to like defend this it's not gonna work and um because i know how i know more intimately than anyone else here how yeah. terrible um this system is how much it 
looks to kill black people. Um, and she was not interested in being dead yet. Um, and so I think that was a very interesting and calculated decision from her. It was also interesting to me because the police officer just shot her like five seconds before. Yeah. And Slim still has like uh, some sort of compassion for like this human that he just killed. He's yeah. like, we can't just leave him here. And it's like, she was well, like, yeah, we can. We actually can. Yeah. <laughs> we actually can go. So then they go. And um, she tosses his phone out the window because she knows it's a tracking device. He's like, we got to call somebody. She's like, fuck yeah. that. Yeah. And then they end up pulling over somewhere. He's like, I'm going to go use a phone. That part blew me, too, because I was like, nigga, now you are purposely trying to thwart this plan. She's trying to get yeah. us out of here. And you're no, trying to remember they got they got they they're fucking the the gas. They ran out of gas. But that was after they stopped the first time, though, right? Because he pulled over. He was like, I got to call my dad or something. He's like, I got to call somebody. And they pulled over like to this random house. <gasps> yes. They stopped in front of the house. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, and she was like, yo, what the fuck are you? They had like, to have we do not down, have time right? for this. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time to keep coaching you. Like, we're running. We need yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, And she was like, we don't. We basically just don't need to be stopping. We need to keep going. And Until we get to my uncle's house who is in right uh new orleans yes and then they run out of gas and then what happens when they run out of gas oh they run out of gas on the side of the road and they flag down a car and they just so happen to flag Flag down down a fucking sheriff Sheriff. (laughs) sheriff. i was like (laughs) now initially when he pulled up i thought maybe he was just like he was probably gonna like I don't know probably like a serial killer waiting mm-hmm. for somebody, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. it turns out I was like, oh, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's really gonna help them. Yeah. And then we get to the gas station, and he's a sheriff. Yeah. They see the badge on the dashboard. On the dashboard. Which is interesting. Again, that was a good that was a good um, narrative decision. Um, how they how that how that scene was organized. Yeah. Where, like. They're in this car and they come to the realization that they're literally being assisted by the sheriff. Right. <laughs> and like, that was just like very, a good a, a moment of like plot twist, like a good little plot twisting moment that I thought was clever. And then the sheriff, um, totally oblivious until he gets in the gas station and yeah, like and hears and hears it on the on the and the, the the radio is describing the 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 people the killers yeah um Fugitives. and he just looking and she like why the fuck are you looking at us like that yeah and they put two and two together oh he knows and then he, instead of like him immediately coming out and trying to bust them he's like cool about it so i was yeah. like thrown off i don't i'm like i don't know if he's gonna like I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And then here goes Queen, this gangster bitch who's an attorney. <laughs> First of all, you're running from the law and now you're holding the, the law hostage at this Literally. point. Yeah. Get in the car. Yeah. And then she stuffs him in the trunk. Once he yeah. takes them back to their car, she stuffs him in the trunk. Of that, their car and takes of his Of their car. car and takes his truck. I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Well, I mean, and that was kind of smart because now they're not going to be... They're not going to find the white Honda Accord on the road. They're going to yeah. find it on the side of the road here with, with the sheriff in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. which, was, was like, which is never returned to, which is interesting, you know, in the film. 
Oh, like, they never do come. They never to come to a conclusion about whether they find a car, find him. None of that. Now, what Lena did say, she said she did not want to cut to. She wanted the whole story to be focused on Queen and Slim. She didn't want to cut to, um, like, the police looking for them. It was just kind of, like, in the background. Like, you knew the police were looking, but she didn't want to show the police looking for, for them. It was just kind of, like, a Interesting. thing. She said she did that on purpose. She didn't want to, she wanted the story to be solely them on the run and not keep cutting away the scenes where the police are like, we got to find these people. That's re that's a really interesting narrative decision. Yeah. Considering um, like how people talked about Lena um, being interested in white in, in in the white gaze or like being interested in white onlookers or a white audience, and what does it mean to kind of refuse to appear white? <laughs> bodies in the film yeah. that are like actively looking for them um or like what does it mean to refuse the police in the film in that way um yeah. as like surveil as surveilling them right and, and yeah and so. she purposely she said she also purposely um it's interesting tried not to filter the movie through the white gaze interesting those were her words like she was like she didn't want she wanted this to be specifically black and she wasn't trying to like appease white people basically yeah i think then the question becomes like you know what is lena waith's theory of blackness which is like a big question but like to be in conversation with what you just said lena said um like but then if you're interested in black and like not filtering it through the white gaze you're interested in like it being about and for and to black people, then like, how do you imagine blackness? And why did how you imagine blackness not translate well to like a lot of black people who saw the film? And so were do like you think disappointed. like, do you think um, she overdid the blackness? For, I don't, I'm, do you think she tried too hard to make the film feel black? I think, and this is something that... Because um, um, a lot of people said that they felt like it was like overly stereotypical in some yeah. parts. I think, yeah, my, my friend, colleague from the UK, Jade, wrote a beautiful thread about like, pretty much about like Lena Waithe's, the inadequacies of Lena Waithe's theory of blackness and so like I, I do think that she like really kind of wanted to punch she, it up yeah she she pumped up blackness such that to the point that she made it very monolithic and not complex and it we we didn't get all the kind of hues and 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 um struggles of blackness we kind of got like what what jade says like a blavity black film where it's just like oh we have these these stereotypically recognizable black um behaviors or or um 
like these very stereotypical yeah, tropes. Yeah, 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 tropes and, and, and performative patterns that we assign to blackness. And so we're just gonna give you a series of those things. And then, and therefore you kind of create stick figures instead of like actual full black people. <laughs> so do you think she was trying to, well, do you think she could have fit more of the black experience into this specific film or did, was she just trying to make it specifically about these two black people and not like, oh, this is what, well, I kind of, it kind of goes against what she said. Kind of, if you like, if you want to take that, that argument, because yeah, yeah, if she was trying to make it about these two specific black people, but then she's like saying the film is specifically for all black people. Yeah. It's kind of, I kind of get that. But I think that that's, that's, that's the, that gets at the conundrum of like, black film and black representation at large, right? Like, there is never, like, you can never, the problem of being, of being black, a part of the problem of being black is that like, you're always the representative for the entire race, right? Yes. So like, no matter, you can never exist singularly. Um, there is no, there is no like, individuation for black people you when you are black and in public when you are black and on and being represented on film in visual when you're in black when you're black in visual culture that what we understand to be that singular black person a singular queen and a singular slim end up standing in for the entire right. race whether or not the 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 um creators want that to happen or not and i think black people well, first of all, blackness is like a, what's the word? What's the word? It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. Blackness is a, you know the word, you're the wordsmith. Um, diaspora? Yeah. Yeah. It's diasporic. Blackness, yes. So you're never going to be able to satisfy all black people. And I think black people, yeah, yeah, black people know that all black people are not like that, but I think other black people, uh, Non-black people would not get that. Yes, and maybe that's where the the, the critique, like that's a part of the, the the critique that many people had about Lena Waithe uh, tending to, attending to the white gaze, even right. as she says she's not. Like only only non-black people would recognize these two figures as, you know adequately representative of black community yeah. but black people who see these two figures immediately see these two figures as incongruent with the rest how of us. like the real the, the black mass like right. the real whatever we understand to be a, a real black collective which is a problematic notion in and of itself but like let's say there is something like a collective of black people that share a particular type of cultural um connectivity or cultural network we know that there's something about queen and slim that did not translate to that cultural network of black pe that black people share and in that what was presented instead was like a synthetic um flat and um two-dimensional lazy yeah. almost uh idea about that cultural network and not the kind of true differences and difficulties and, and um, intricacies of that network. Which brings us to, now they're still in the truck, they haven't made it to her uncle's house yet. 
they are hungry. Yeah. And so they get something to eat. They send this, this kid to go get something to eat. And the, the, now this, this scene kind of threw me off because I was like, okay, you didn't have to go this far with it because the, then the daddy come out, he's like, power to the people. And it's mm-hmm. like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is so extra. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah, clearly yeah. unnecessary and yeah. clearly stereotypical. But yeah. it was also kind of funny. But it yeah. was also so blatantly stereotypical that it wasn't funny at the same time. Absolutely. I was like, I, I get what you're trying to do. And then like listening to her like explain it, she was like, she's a comedian at heart. So she had to throw in like her funnies. Mm. So I get it. But it was also like, okay, that was... It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a parody. A uh, parody. That's the yeah. perfectly perfect way to ex- explain it. Like felt like an SNL sketch. Yeah, sketch. absolutely. That little moment did. That's a perfect. Again, that's even even better way of contextualizing it. Like it felt like a, a, a SNL skit in the middle of the film, where yeah. like at the expense of black fat people, <laughs> like, <laughs> particularly right. like, at the expense of chubby quote-unquote chubby and a large black man as it is noted on um as the father of the little black fat boy is named on uh on imbd like these these two people who are both fat the father and the son become like segues to a a, a comedic relief yeah. and that is so anti-black and so anti-fat and so like like (laughs) the problematics of that um which is something that like my best friend of mine again Deshaun Harrison talks about in his piece about um Lena Waithe and anti-fatness in her work and particularly in Queen of Slim Queen and Slim like that shit is is really 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 bad and it really like and it doesn't help that it is, it doesn't help that it's so, like you said, excessive. Like yeah. it's so unnecessary, yeah. right? There's no, that like, plot, There's no reason behind yeah, doing yeah, yeah, yeah. this other that, than to make us laugh. Yeah, the plot didn't need that in order to move forward. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't miss anything from the film if that did not happen. But it kind of gives, and I agree with what you're saying, but it kind of gives us to like a break from the suspense because it's kind of mm-hmm. like all right how long is it gonna take for them to get shot and killed <laughs> like how long is it gonna take but i yeah. we might as well take a break since we're here yeah. Yeah. and then they kept taking breaks throughout the movie which yeah a lot of respites i guess we'll keep we'll get to that and so then they get to nola uh yeah, don't they? yeah. more stereotypes <laughs> yeah um we got um the uncle the trapping uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the. I don't know what were they. Were they prostitutes? They like we can say sex workers. Sex workers. Okay. Sex, sex workers. His slash girls. Strippers. Yeah. Yes. Um. And so he gives them. Shout out to India Moore too. I was so I did not know she was in this movie. I didn't know either. And when I saw her, I was like, oh, "Wow, okay, great. This she's, is great. She's amazing." And she wasn't playing a trans woman. She was just... Yeah. Which she talked about... She talked about a little bit on Twitter. She was like... Someone said something about, like, I'm so happy... Um, 
uh, I'm so happy India got a role to play a cis woman. And she was like, um, I'm just playing a woman. Like, you yeah. don't know the gender identity experience position of the person. Right. And that's because that should be, that's no one's business. Right. It's <laughs> like, that's like, that's irrelevant to. Yeah. And they didn't draw attention the to the fact that she is a trans woman. She was just. Yeah. Playing a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um But the the sex workers in the in the house of the uncle. Yeah. Yeah. They were interesting. Didn't the did the truck break down too? Or no? I don't think the truck broke down. Had it broke down? At that point? No, the truck didn't break down. The okay. truck didn't break down. No, it didn't break down. Um, what did you think about uh, queen and the uncle's relationship because it doesn't really get explained until towards until towards yeah. the end but like in that moment she was like you owe me yeah and i was like okay well what's that what's that about yeah so like i really i really i really liked that that relation that happened um because it really gets at it really got at for me kind of the difficulty which is again like something that i have a complex complicated relationship with in terms of what queen and slim as a film allows us to think about and so like their relation really for me got at the relation like the, the difficulty to be in community to be in relation with with other black people period you mm -hmm. know um and like the type of intimacies that we have to suffer um in order to survive yeah so like what does it mean for her to defend the person who killed her mother you yes. know um and we can even talk about like black motherhood and like the black maternal and how like black mothers are always asked to do the work of the world whilst getting nothing you know like whilst yeah. al always at their own expense and so like how the killing off of queen's mother becomes the possibility for them to be in relation in that way yeah. and like i just really was interested in, again in like how that what that relation kind of helps us think about in terms of black people relating to one another every day in these very difficult ways <laughs> yeah and at first i thought when she said you owe me i thought it would have been like something easy like yeah. he molested her. <laughs> yeah and which then... would not be that easy but would be a little bit more uh be not believable, believable but like assumed yeah assumed yeah like okay. i was just like okay but then it was like well damn he killed her mama that's that's just as bad yeah um what's next so he he first he was like hell no nah, y'all can't stay here i don't need no police up in my house yeah, yeah, yeah. um so then they ended up staying or oh, i hope i didn't they ended up staying and then what happens? Damn, I, mean, I love the part about the, the, the kind of transition. 
you know, these moments, these kind of acts of what we can consider care that occur um, once they decide to stay for, um, once they come to an agreement about staying for two nights or a night and um, they, the uh, India Moore's character takes out Queen's hair. Yes. They, you know, cut um, Slim's hair. Slim's hair as well, and um, like you get these, and, and you get these moments, especially again between Queen, Queen, and India Moore's character, where you know India Moore's character is attending to Queen, and like telling her about the kind of life world of the house, like mm-hmm. how why she is with queen's uncle at all and like those moments really are moments that i think the the film was at its best yeah um in terms of character creation yeah. and like th- though that was a moment where those characters felt alive <laughs> like they felt like real people um when they were like kind of in these moments of care now queen being this calculated queen as she is, we're going <laughs> to run from the law. We're going to stick up the sheriff. We're going to throw away the phone. Did not want to cut her fucking hair. Yeah. I was like, girl, now this is the one thing you should have thought off off top. What do you think the hesitation was with her cutting her hair? <laughs> oh, I never asked that. I never thought about that. Um, I mean, black women in their hair politics, that's a very... Like, yeah. <laughs> another podcast yeah but like i think like a part of that is definitely again like when you have especially i'll try to approach it from a different angle like when you are a fugitive and you have when you are a fugitive so much of your life is about um moving in the world without leaving a trace of who you are right right Mm -hmm. um and and moving moving in the world as if you were not even there so moving from place to place and not being trackable and so i think maybe a part of her that refusal or reluctance to 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 the reluctancy yeah to to kind of take out her hair is I'm already giving up so much of who I am to exist and survive mm-hmm. um, in this, like, as a fugitive. Like, yeah. I am no longer a person. I have to actually, like, invisib- do a kind of systematic invisibilization of myself in order right. to survive so that surveillance does not catch me. Um, so basically, like, damn, can I keep something? Something. Can damn. I keep something? Can I keep something? And, and I think... That might be. That kind of speaks to like, oh, that just made me think. You just dropped a gem. Like, that's kind of like how black people feel in general, right? Because we're constantly having things stolen and taken from us, and we get little to no say. Yeah. And it's like, damn, can we have something? something. Can I just keep my braids? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, girl, you're gonna get caught so much easier if you keep the braids. Yeah. Um, why well, didn't even think about that? Yeah. Um, so they were going to stay for a couple of nights, but then the police officer came after this very weird scene, fighting scene, <laughs> like argument scene. 
between the uncle and one of um one of one of his girls. Uh, yeah, girls, <laughs> I say that, yeah. One of the women in, in his house. Yeah. Um which again there was another there was there's another moment where you're like you come across this kind of uh more like this trope yeah too too, it's so excessively stereotypical yeah um uh yeah you come across this trope and it's not it's not helpful it doesn't really it doesn't really um now the thing for the narrative the theater laughed but then it's like i mean it's it's like empty yeah it's very right it's empty laughter it's not it doesn't get us anywhere and i think we could have as, as easily gotten to that moment where they had to immediately leave the home by like cops just because i thought what i thought was going to happen before that fighting scene was like cops were going to come to his house anyway because they know that you are her uncle you know what i'm saying yeah like she defended her uncle in a public case (laughs) he's for killing his her mother, so like that's public document. So if the police are doing their job, they're gonna show up at the uncle's house anyway because right. that's gonna be the first. That's gonna be the nearest relative to her, or one of the nearest relatives to her if she's on the run. So um, I thought that that would just be just be like that would have that there's that would have been another way to have that happen beyond like again using. A particular type of anti-black trope to get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. You know what I just thought about is the cop that came to the door, the same cop that let them go when he huh. saw them in that other garage. No, because it's two no, different places. That was two, two different. Two different. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. But that was that they look alike. That would have been crazy. That was yeah. That wasn't. We can get to that part. Okay. Yeah. But like that was very interesting as well. So um. And then they leave. He yeah. gives them a car reluctantly. Yeah. And beautiful. Car. I was I was just about to say like I love the choice that they you know the choice of car that they chose to put in the movie like that's a car. beautiful fucking car that just added to the cinematography. It was Absolutely. very like that felt black, but it didn't feel like it felt familiar yes you know what I'm saying? Like, black people love it. a car like that uh, right and absolutely. it's very southern very new orleans yeah 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 absolutely yeah I, that was that was one of my favorite parts them getting the car and then here we go with the car breaks down breaks down again and again. it breaks down for real for real like he yeah, gave yeah. them some money and they had to use all that all money to get the car fixed to get the car fixed which kind of blew me because it's like you should try to help these black people out mr black man you yeah. fixing a car you're gonna take all their money yeah but he again remember he was he knew who they were and he didn't he disapproved right of of them running so and he they didn't know he knew right did they know he no they didn't know not in the beginning that but um he exposed himself he was like oh i'm not i'm not fucking i'm old i'm not fucking blind right right like he's like i know exactly who you are you guys have been all over the news yes and i you guys the quote literally is like you guys gave them a reason to shoot us um yes i forgot about and that, that was a very interesting again a very interesting um exchange especially given 
the recent conversations between about boomers and zoomers or like boomers and millennials yeah and how like baby boomers do not get the stakes of millennials like the what how millennials understand the stakes of the world mm -hmm. they don't the boomers don't understand it that way um and kind of like that disconnect that that scene stage that disconnect very very um explicitly and then he sends his nephew or was that his son it was his son okay he sends his son to take them for a walk to keep them busy because they kept bothering him while he was yeah. fixing the car he was like take these people on somewhere and yeah. the little boy is infatuated with them absolutely he's enough. like uh like immediately they become his heroes yeah so um that was interesting too because it was like like you really want to set an example for kids but like it's kind of too late at this point because he knows who you are <laughs> yeah. and now he wants to he wants to be like you and that comes out when it fast forward he shoots a police officer yeah which to, am i skipping over something in between that like what happened in between that they get they drive away right and then yeah they drive away but they have sex at her mother's gravesite now wait a minute remember and it was cutting in between the sex and the protest and the yeah which is a very which is something i'm very interested in talking about like at length oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> and that was a very graphic sex scene it was just like yeah it was porn <laughs> i was like okay well well where the dick at yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but about the boy, about the boy and the, mm -hmm. and the heroification, I think that was the first moment. So the scene kept having these, like, these moments that were stopping me. Like, I was like, oh, this is, I like, I like this, and I would be stopped. And now I'm like, oh, I like this, and I would be stopped. Mm -hmm. um, and that was another moment where I was, I was um, stopped. And at this moment, in this moment, really stopped me full like it was a full stop not only because you know i like i try to give black filmmakers a particular type of critical generosity mm -hmm. like where i'm like okay i yes all this shit is happening but let's just like wait it out <laughs> you know like right. let's just try to hope for the best um but when they begin when the boy begin to articulate a particular type of like deification of Queen and Slim mm -hmm. and a particular type of nihilism, which I want to definitely as a as a as a black nihilist uh wanna say is like not the type of nihilism that I I subscribe to when he talked about like this desire for immortality or like how, you know, who who cares about dying? The, the 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 best thing is the immortality. That was really that was really troubling. Like that's when I was really I began to get really troubled about the narrative of the film. Like what did the what did the film want to say? Um, and yeah, that was a problem for me because I think that there's an issue in terms of. ideas of deification you know 
and ideas of um, immortalization. Mm -hmm. um, and that comes up a lot yeah, in the film. Because not, neither of those things are, both of those things are death traps most often for black people. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you want to think about. And mind you, they took a picture things. at the shop yeah. before, they, before they left. Uh, I forgot the line, but basic. Who whose idea was it? Was Slim's idea for the picture? Yeah. And she was like, "Are you crazy? That's not a good idea." He was like, uh, he basically was saying like, "We're gonna die." Yeah. People might as well know our faces. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, to me, now the scene with the boy shooting the cop. Yeah. To me, I was just like, Shit. when it happened, I was like, I jumped. I was like. Uh, no, I did was, I just see what I think I just saw? I had a very visceral reaction to that, too. I was like, now, the the protest, first of all, I started crying immediately when uh, I saw the protest. Yeah. I'm like a wuss, but, like, the protest for me was like, I felt like I was there. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever seen um, The Hate You Give. I didn't watch that film. You didn't want to watch it? I didn't want to watch it. And it's so funny because... I, yeah. The 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 main actors in the film came to Morehouse while I was at Morehouse, and they like was promoting it and all that, and I was just like, um, okay. I mean, well, we can we can get into that a little later, but they, there was a similar scene mm -hmm. in that movie, mm -hmm. The Hate You Give, with the protests, and I cried in that scene too. I don't know what I don't know, yeah. but I felt like I was there. And then we mm -hmm. fast forward to the boy shooting the cop. And then I was wondering, why did they choose to make the cop black? Yeah. Like, he shot a black cop in the face. Yeah. Um, and so, listening to Lena, she said she did that on purpose. Um, I forgot her exact reasoning, but I do remember her saying, like, that was intentional mm -hmm. um, for him to shoot a black cop. Just so, her, just so she can drive the point home that the boy was infatuated with Queen and Slim, and he hated all cops. Yeah. Because of what had transpired. And still, even after the explanation, I'm like, did he have to shoot the cop? Because yeah. didn't, he, didn't he die, the little boy? We don't know what happens to him. I feel like they said he died. I got to watch they the probably, film again. I have to watch it again. They probably did, but I don't, I, from what I recall, I don't remember anything happening to him afterwards. I do think that. Because um, we don't even see him again after that. Yeah, we don't. We see his father, though. At the very They end. bring him up. Yeah. But they don't show the little boy again. Yeah. So that's, I think that's probably why I inferred that he died. Um, I, yeah. Why did I... Th yeah, I think, you know, what I didn't like about that scene, and, and, and I, I guess maybe not think about it, the film just goes downhill from... <laughs> the film goes downhill from, you like... hate the rest of it? Yeah, like, I end up hating <laughs> the rest of the film. Um, <laughs> what I'm realizing, like, now I'm, think I'm, I'm thinking forward. Um... Yeah, like this moment where, um, this moment where the black cop is like, I gotta arrest you, but like, you just, need to, I'm gonna arrest you if you don't go home. And so like, we begin to draft a cop as disinterested in doing violence to black bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, and we begin to use the cop's blackness, um, as a means of as a strategy to produce empathy within the crowd right so like if black people see this black cop who doesn't want to do violence to a black body then maybe we can revision 
what it means to be a cop, right? Like maybe we can mm-hmm. revision like yeah. copness otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in that instance, I begin to I begin to really be critical of the film. Like, what the why the fuck do we need this cop to say this and this for even this to happen? Yeah. But I do think that the boy shooting the cop, even though I was I, I was really vis like I had a very visceral reaction yes. to that. I do think that the shooting um, was helpful for ways. <laughs> For helpful in ways in which maybe Lena didn't anticipate. Now, did you get the same feeling when the little boy shot the cop as when Slim shot the white cop? I didn't, but it was still like a, a like a. It's a, It was still a reaction. It yeah. was still a reaction that I felt. It was still an image that I was not disappointed to see. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't mm-hmm. like hurt because the cop was black. I think that I remember. Immediately after seeing that, after seeing the boy shoot the black cop, I immediately begin to say like out loud in the theater to myself, like, well, those are the stakes. And I kept saying that to myself repeatedly because what that image, seeing that image did for me was help me think about how there is no such thing as a good cop. So... Hmm the boy shooting the cop and the cop being black, even as Lena was trying to draft a good cop narrative and give us and, and like create an empathetic moment for us to like feel like to see how how like messed up um this the this the the scene is mm-hmm. and like how it didn't have to be that way or whatever she wanted it to to kind of whatever she wanted to imagine, what it really helped for me to think about is like how there is no good cop. All cops, all cops need to come to an end, (laughs) like abolish the police. Mm -hmm. And there's no such thing as like a black boy who doesn't feel like he needs to defend himself in front of a cop. And so we need to really sit with, you know, that instead of trying to imagine how terrible it is that this black little boy had a gun and shot the cop. Like we need to sit with why black boys feel the need to defend themselves against cops. Yes. I think in that scene, I was more like, initially I was jarred, but then I was like sad for the boy because I immediately Mm. thought they're gonna kill you. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. gonna kill Mm -hmm. you. Like you don't even know what you just did. Like, Mm -hmm. and he he obviously did not care, but I I was like, oh my gosh, he's gonna have the same fate as Queen and Slim. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just the the repercussion for being black and standing up for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is so important because black people are always put in this position, this position of impossible resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Where, where we are always because of because this social order requires our death, we are always put in the position to resist mm-hmm. the imposition of 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 forces that causes us cause us to die right even as when we try to resist the imposition of forces that cause us to die that resistance in and of itself is a force that causes us to die like when we decide that we don't want to die or when we like try to resist death mm-hmm. that and that acts as an instigation of death itself right 
So if you refuse to be to be killed, that aggression, that refusal is is another reason for death to continue to come. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I just remember, like, at what point do they go? Because they go to a bar. In Mississippi. Before, yeah, before they got to Florida. Yeah. Okay, so that's next after the protest, right? After they have sex and... Yeah. We didn't talk about the sex scene, though. Oh, let's, okay, let's go back to that. <laughs> I talked so much about the boy. What well, What did you think about that? I mean, obviously, I was... I would love to hear your thoughts. No, the person I was with was thinking about Daniel Kaluuya's ass, which is a nice ass. It's solid. <laughs> um... I wonder, I wonder what that juxtaposition was like, because we got the we got people in the street fighting and protesting on your behalf. And then y'all over here chilling in the cut. Fuck it. Um, yeah, maybe I can. And then maybe for the rest of the our like our discussion of the film, I'll probably be like reading the film against itself. Or like, <laughs> Reading again, what we, what people in literary theory might call reading against the grain, um, and so like in that in that moment, I was I was not necessarily like, why the fuck are you guys fucking when there's a protest going on? Or like, what is what is this? Because they didn't know the protest was going on, right? What is this juxtaposition between like the image of pro uh, protest and activists and the murder of uh of of the police by black black boys who mm-hmm. are disproportionately uh vulnerable to police violence um state sanctioned violence what is the juxtaposition ju- juxtaposition between that and y'all fucking that didn't seem out of whack to me there seemed to be a congruence or a harmony between those things because I felt like both of them, both of these events are politically equivalent. And I say they're politically equivalent because Maybe, and this is again, maybe this is me reading on to or and against the film. Fucking and protesting are both acts of resistance. Okay. We're going to have to explain that fucking part to me. How is that an act of resistance? Because... What does it mean? You're in general or just it's an act of resistance for these two? I'm saying for black people. Okay. Like in general for black people. Like what does it mean to to um how do I put this? What does it mean to demand that you have some sense of enjoyment in this world? that always forces you to not have it. <laughs> like that always snatches enjoyment from I you. See, I that see. That always snatches pleasure from you. Yes. Or uses pleasure against you, right? Like only sees your body as a site of sadistic, masochistic pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Um, or kind of um, 
pornographic pleasure where like it's just like your body is just for us to 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 use to to um satisfy our own needs right mm -hmm. so like what does it mean for black people to in the midst of war and calamity and protest to fuck you know like you know there's a, a poem by essex Hemphill called we think as we fuck you know so what does it mean to for the protest scene to be a scene of thinking, right? Like to mm -hmm. be an intellectual scene, to be a scene of kind of very um, emblematic resistance mm -hmm. and for the fucking to be congruent with, with that scene, like yeah. for the fucking to also be very much so a part of thinking and a part of resistance and a part of protest um, just on a different register. And so I think that I didn't understand why a lot of people didn't see that um, those things together or or as um, consonant. Or maybe I understand that people don't see those things as consonant because people compartmentalize pleasure yeah. and work, you know, yeah. like pleasure and activism. Um, they don't see those things as. And I think that idea comes up throughout the film. They're clearly on the run from the police, but they still take these moments to just be like, well, we in the meantime, let's live a little bit of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Because then after that, they head to Mississippi where they go to a bar or a club or whatever, whatever it's like it is. like a speakeasy. Whatever. I was thinking speakeasy. <laughs> okay. And then the, the name of the bar, the speakeasy is... Um, it's uh, I saw it and I read it and it's it's uh, it's like the Underground Railroad. I think that's the oh, name stop of the. It. No, I'm for real. I'm so for real. I'm not even joking. Anyway, I'm gonna find it because I'm not crazy. Wait, uh, please, please don't be a liar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that's what I saw. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, that's that would be yeah. That's interesting. That's um, and it's technically their second date, right? Yeah. They take a moment from their escape to relax, have a drink, and go dancing at a Mississippi bar. And it's a juke joint actually called The Underground. Juke joint. Yeah, that's nice. That's an, it's yeah. called The Underground. And um, the underground. Yeah. it's a safe haven for them, as this explains. And juke joint is a very southern has very southern implications and speakeasy has very northern implications and maybe okay i'm talking about a speakeasy because i'm in the north <laughs> and whereas if i was in back in Atlanta, I would, but all, but all of that kind of ties together because remember they started in ohio which is the last yeah, stop on the yeah, underground yeah, yeah, railroad yeah. but they go on this like reverse journey yeah back to back the south. south yeah which is kind of like um oh fuck it's ironic mm -hmm. because you know, the There's slaves ran narrative. from freedom yeah, to the I'm north, like, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah, going yeah, yeah. to freedom to the south. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that juke joint was, I think that was, I think that was the most beautiful scene in the film, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, I, I need to watch it again. Yeah, I definitely But I think again. that. That scene and the in the scene of them taking, oh no, yeah, that was that was that was the most beautiful scene in the film, where we are seeing um, 
where like just the whole scene, the 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 colors, it's it was yeah. it was really kaleidoscopic almost, yeah. and, and it was it was. It was a very beautiful moment to watch. The whole movie to me was like very like poetic. I felt like somebody was reading a poem to me. <laughs> um, Some rupee cool. Even with the soundtrack, shit. and I read somebody, somebody, I don't remember who said it. Somebody wrote that um, like the soundtrack, it was, it felt like the heartbeats of the film. Like it wasn't like. Yeah. It, yeah. it kind of, everything just kind of like flowed together. Yeah. Even the scenes that were like confusing, everything yeah. was still flowing with the music. Yeah, the mu- the soundtrack was the sound- again. And I, the I, sound- I, soundtrack was a big part of yeah. a big part of like what I liked about the film. Yeah, um, and plus Megan Thee Stallion was on it, which I didn't think I was like, okay, this don't make sense. But when I heard when it I in, heard the, her, in, in like, the movie, yeah, like this fits. Yeah, this totally yeah. fits. Um, so from there they go to now they're in Florida, right? They go from Mississippi to Florida. Yeah, they go to Mississippi before, but I do want to name that I what I I liked about the speakeasy scene was not some you know uh, intimacy that I wish to dream that is possible during fugitivity, mm-hmm. and I'm writing on intimacy now, and and I I think it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone for me to say that I don't think intimacy um, is possible, or I think that intimacy in the way in which we imagine it is foreclosed but what i did like is how you know when they go to the bar he's recognized and she's like don't worry like yeah everybody knew who they were everyone knew knows who you are be cool um you can relax here and um that was interesting like the idea that there are what's what um what can be imagined are called loopholes of retreat, right? Mm-hmm. Where there are like moments of rest, um, or what Sadia Hartman might call a moment of tenderness. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like there are these ephemeral instances of of relief, um, of exhale, maybe. Yes, exhale. Um, and that was that was that was nice to see, even as you know. I think all of that is foreclosed by the ending, but we can get to the ending. <laughs> now, for me, if I saw fugitives like coming in the bar chilling, I'm not gonna call the police. I ain't gonna say I'm out the bitch. I got to go. I don't know what y- y'all just yeah. kill somebody. I don't know what y'all capable of. I am out of here. <laughs> My friend Deshaun wrote about wrote wrote that a part of his a part of, as a part of his critique. Like we don't. So what I gave, the account that I gave of the scene was pretty dreamy and idealistic, but Deshaun is very critical about the scene because he's mm-hmm. like, nigga, these black people are putting other black people in danger by being there. So like, what what are the policies of holding them accountable if the police show up, right? right. And come up and spray the whole spot up. And now, right, 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 because right. they're there, so many other black lives have been um, have turned into like collateral damage, right? Oh, um, I didn't think about it. Yeah, like so that. so that was a beautiful, eloquent, such an incisive point. He's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that was because I was just thinking there. like, because everybody obviously knows who they are. People weren't looking at them as a threat. Yeah, they weren't threatened by what they did or who they are or what they're capable of. They yeah. were just like, oh, okay, we see y'all. <laughs> yeah. Like, we see yeah. each other. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 
But still me, I would have been out. You, you mm-mm, mm-mm. not doing it. So then they get to Florida. Then this very noticeable blue-ass car. They pull up to the uh, the the white couple's house. Do they have names? I forgot their names. Yeah, who cares? Hmm. Who cares? Right. Anyway, um, as soon as they pull up, they show the neighbor watching them pull up. Mm-hmm. And I immediately knew, like, well, it's over right here. And I'm, I'm looking at the time like, is the movie almost over? Because she's finna stitch. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they get in the house. I immediately don't trust this white man. He's a little too nice. Yeah. It's a little too creepy. Felt yeah. like the sheriff. Like, little serial killer-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even... Um, and the white wife was like, definitely not. She wasn't here for it. She was like, I'm ready I'm to turn these niggas <laughs> Right. <laughs> I can't have this in my house. But the thing about the house that kind of made me uneasy is like, why y'all got these hiding spots? Like, yeah. what y'all using this for? Yeah. And I feel like because it's, well, they're in Florida, right? I felt I like maybe it's like a really old house and they probably had it in slavery and they probably kept the slaves yeah. in there or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's yeah. what I was thinking. I it was might like, have been like a stop. That house might, in and of itself might have been a stop oh, on, on the Underground Railroad, railroad because that's, that's a very true. common thing in terms of houses that are still um that are still around that kept the infrastructure of um the antebellum or post antebellum infrastructure um that a lot of homes have that were owned by abolitionists Mm -hmm. like you're suggesting have these (sighs) but see i wasn't thinking of it like that i was thinking of it it was like they were locking the slaves up. I didn't think of it like they were trying to help the slaves. Oh, yeah. That's also... But that, that makes very, more sense. That's very common in, in Southern homes and old, old Southern homes that, like, were so participants. I even, I even saw a video on Twitter of, like... Now, mind you, it was something totally unrelated. I, you probably saw this video, too. Like, this man had, like, uh, his... his uh, sex slave tied up and bound and gagged and he like dropped her in his hole in his floor and he yeah, put the carpet and the table back over i was like BDSM shit. Yeah. yes i was like well what? i yeah, wonder I what that. else is going in here yeah white people are sick i mean she was clearly into it but i was I, yeah it, it seemed very consensual yeah but i was also like mm-hmm, okay yeah if you do that mm-hmm. to her i hope like what is what is that desire what else is going on <laughs> yeah. here but um, to the couple uh yes, so they feed them. Yeah. And immediately I notice, oh, Queen is leading the prayer. This is the oh, atheist yeah, in the yeah, film. Yeah. She doesn't yeah, yeah. like she's not into that. And she's like, Can I lead the prayer? Can I pray? <laughs> and mind you, I think before that, Slim had a drink at the bar. Previously he yeah. didn't drink. Yeah. So like they started switching roles as the movie kept going along. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I noticed that too. Um it was good. And then nope. what, how did the police get there? The police just showed up because the neighbor snitched. Yeah. Right. And they just, they were still at the dinner table. And they yes. were like, get the fuck upstairs now. I, like, he, see, he saw the shadow of yeah, 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 yeah. the SWAT team. Um, and they got under the bed. And and that's when it solidified it to me that the, the white guy wasn't, like, a bad white guy. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. actually trying to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you think she was trying to fit in? I know she said she didn't want the movie to go through a white gaze. And I think I remember her response to this question that I'm about to ask. But do you think she was trying to have like 
at least one white savior in the film. So can I just problematize the white gaze, like really quick, like, which is gonna? And answer. for those of you listening, we're not saying white G A Y S. We're saying G A Z E. Right. Yeah. Or both, as Mark <laughs> would say, angry black homo. Um, yeah. So. Lena, the issue with Lena Waithe and the issue with the idea of the white gaze in and of itself and kind of um, circumventing it is that it assumes that there is a gaze that is not white. And, mm-hmm. and we know that from Fanon that there is no, there is no gaze that black people have that whiteness hasn't always already circumscribed right um or that in order for there to be a white there has to be a black that there is these things are ontologically defined by each other Mm -hmm. um and so the idea of a black gaze can only exist in relation to the existence of a white gaze. Okay, well, give me something I didn't think about here. <laughs> right, such that okay. even when we're trying to create something like, we, something like what we would call a black gaze, mm-hmm. we still have in mind implicitly a white gaze that as we are trying to construct the black gaze is still a part of the construction because we're trying to define or create something yes. against it, right? Yes. Um, and so, and also because the power is so asymmetrical, when we, if we can create something like a white, a black gaze, the white gaze is always already like surveilling and swooping in on that, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. always defining that. And that's something that we see in Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eye, right? Where there is no black people present, there's no white people present in that novel, but whiteness is always constructing Mm -hmm. what goes on within how these black people look at each other. Um, And so that's all to say like, yes, Lena Waithe created a white savior narrative even as she was articulating a particular type of disavowal of white gaze, mm-hmm. not because Lena Waithe necessarily desires, desires like white people and, and a white audience and, and so on right. and so forth, but because there is something about the black gaze that cannot exist, about the construction of something like a black gaze that cannot exist without the idea of a white gaze um, that always defines and slips in and, and, and um, circumscribes whatever we're trying to like have as a white gaze. Because we already said before, like in our conversation, that yeah. there's nothing that black people have that white, white people like don't try to steal. Exactly. <laughs> you know, our, like, our, aren't, aren't like apps always swooping in on it. You know? Yeah. Consuming. Um, so fast forward, they're hiding. Uh, the police detain the wife and the husband. Yeah. Um, where did they go out there? Did they just like? They just we don't know. They, they disappear. They disappear. And like. so the police are surveilling the area. Is that a word? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so Queen and Slim, they're like, okay, they have to still be here. We heard cars drive off, but they're clearly smarter than that. Yeah. So they jump out the window. 
Jesus. That part, I was like, I was now that part had me on my on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Like, damn, they finna they finna die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right here, because the police are either gonna catch them or they're like just gonna like they're gonna fall and die. And mm -hmm. she ends up breaking her fucking arm thing, shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he snaps it back into place. That made me cringe a lot because yeah. that hurts. Um, and then they hotwire the car, basically. And they're like, how the fuck are we going to get out of here? We're already in the car. The, the garage is closed. And as the garage... Okay, now, before that, the, the police officers, the black one and the white one, yeah, they have this, like, exchange. And immediately, like, I can tell, like, they have a thing. There's racial tension. There's a lot of tension between them two. And he's like, don't call me a boy. He was yeah. like, I'm not calling you a boy. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They instantly, like, um... They, they have a thing. Mm -hmm. So he's like, I hear screaming. And that's probably because he heard him snapping her arm back into yeah, place. Which she did scream. <laughs> right. Um, and so he goes to the garage. And as he's lifting up the garage, they're in the car trying to figure out how they're going to drive yeah. off unnoticed. And he sees them. And I'm like, please don't be that black guy yeah. that turns into black people. Yeah. And as soon as he let them go, everybody in the theater is like applauding really? and it was like cheers i was like okay i think people were clapping in my theater as well yeah which is interesting i heard a lot of people saying their theaters everybody clapped at that part which is interesting like i hated that scene i remember people clapping in my theater and i was i i literally was screaming in the theater that's not realistic though like that's it's not realistic not, but it's a movie though it right it is a movie <laughs> but i think that like a black cop killed freddie gray mm -hmm. so so or was a participant in the murder mm -hmm. of freddie gray right so at that and this is why a lot of people felt like the film became or, or i'm assuming this is the point at which people felt like the film became a pro-cop film because I don't want to see, you know, what what is the messaging of that doing? You know, what are mm -hmm. we supposed to believe about? What is that supposed to represent? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What what is that supposed to represent for us about um, black cops, <laughs> mm -hmm. blue lives? And black people, um, and again, and you're right. Like I, my argument isn't my argument, at least now, isn't like trying to get to a realism right. as much as I'm concerned about what is there and what and how people take representation to structure their reality, right? Like mm -hmm. so, because they saw that, they're going to. Or how representation works ideologically. So because they saw that, they're going to believe a certain thing about their their day-to-day their -day experience. And so they're going to believe that there are black cops out there who are interested in um, not turning in black fugitives. It kind of goes back to the when, the when the boy shot the black cop. Precisely, precisely. Uh, it's like... It's almost like, oh, that boy, that black boy was wrong for doing that. Right. 
because look at this good cop. Like, right. look at a black cop helped Queen and Slim out. And so this black boy murdering a cop is, mm-hmm. is be, immediately has an, an ethical judgment, a more direct ethical or more explicit direct, uh, more explicit ethical judgment to it because of um, that scene. And I think that that's bullshit. <laughs> Now, what I immediately thought, well, the first thing that I thought of was, um, what movie was that? Uh, Get Out? Yeah. At the end, you know, when yeah, he's getting pulled yeah, over by the police yeah, yeah, yeah. or the police come or something. And it's, it's, it's his, his friend. best friend. Right. It was like, <sighs> who is also a fucking <sighs> cop in, its own, in his own way. Like, you're a TSA agent. Right. And so that, that's you what it immediately made me think of. And then I also thought of, um, I think I had a point and I lost it. <laughs> What was I about to say? Um, it was Get Out. Made you think of Get Out. And... Yes, but I think what she was trying to do was. I don't want. I don't. I. I will. I will hope she wasn't trying to. Cause I did hear her explanation of the film, and I know she wasn't trying to like. Uh, put a halo on cops. cops. Yeah, but. It kind of almost felt like that it again did. because the, we had the first black cop trying to be like nice to the little boy and tell him like go away I don't want to have to do this to you yeah. and then when, again we have another black cop saving Queen and Slim but at the same time it's kind of like it kind of shows that black people in general either do or should have each other's back you get what I'm saying it's kind of like yeah 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 which is not, again, not not it's not factual, really. Especially when we get to the end of the right. It's um, an imaginary. But I kind of get it. You kind of have to fantasize the movie and Some all this other stuff. Yeah, that's fair. So they get away. Now this car miraculously does not break down. <laughs> it's this right. old as this fucking car is. They barely got it started. And then they get to. Are they already in Florida? They're still in Florida at this point. They were in North Florida and they drove down. Right. Yeah. And so they get to the address that they were given and there's like nothing nothing there. there. Uh, And then... um, There's also this really weird moment about like riding on a white horse in the middle of that. You remember where they like stop on the side of the road and she's like, oh, I'm going to ride it. Like I always used to ride white horses or... Maybe I fell asleep in that car. Because I did not off during the movie. Not because it was boring. I was just like, I was out of it. But um, Maybe it was boring. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't it's boring. It was it just, was I, I don't know. I think I fell asleep. But I do remember them like having that moment of she's hanging out the window. Oh, yeah. And then yeah, she, yeah, she's yeah, telling yeah. him like, okay, now you, it's your turn. Like, you need to, do, like, we're going to die. Yeah. You might as well, like, get some air. Yeah. Basically. I, I, I kind of like that scene. That made me too. feel like, you know, okay, they're trying to, like, reclaim some of what they're about to lose. It was or what very they've cinematic, you know, the very, yeah. very, very, that's a cinematic uh, trend. Yeah. Like the outside of the window. Um, and then the guy pulls up, mm-hmm. a very stereotypical black guy. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, very he like... Too. Florida, if I must be honest. Yeah, I, I'm very trick daddy about the situation. I felt like <laughs> <laughs> it felt like very like, and I've only been to Florida once. I went to Miami. I felt like this is, I don't even know if they were in Miami in that scene, but this yeah. felt, that felt very Miami. Yeah. Because the niggas down there was looking like that. Yeah. Um. 
So he like, I mean, y'all don't have to believe I'm here to help y'all, but I mean, you really don't have no other choice. So they go with him anyway. And then Slim is smoking a blunt, <laughs> getting yeah, high. And we thinking, all right, this nigga cool. Like he helping them out. Yeah. Um, so Queen yeah. and Slim, they don't want to wait for the plane. They yeah. decide like, okay, we, we have to leave. Like, and then miraculously the plane is available in an hour. He drives them to the plane. That was the first red flag. <laughs> exactly. He drives them to the plane. And as soon as he pull off, I'm like, now nah, what the fuck is going on in here on this day? You're not even going to help them out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you just going to yeah, drop yeah. them off and speed off. He sold them out. Absolutely. Now, do you think the person who was operating the plane was also in on like um, turning them in? Or was the person like ready to take them away because somebody was definitely operating the plane I obviously never considered that that's a brilliant question i wonder um that's a brilliant question because it, it was clearly orchestrated yeah it would have to seem to me that 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 the person who was operating the plane had to be on some level in on it aware aware on some level um, which is interesting again. And then I thought back to the couple and after thinking about it, I don't think they knew that they were going to get set up. Cause no. when they, when they showed that they got killed, um, the white, the, the, the husband was like, obviously like Upset. disappointed about yeah. what had happened. Yeah. He thought they were going to get away. Um, so what do you think about the fact that before we get to the Cause I'm, t I'm t as soon as it, I'm t I, I cracked that whole last scene, I was like, mm -hmm. I can't take this. This is a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, that it was a black man that sold them out. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Cause I was furious. Yeah. <laughs> it had to be a nigga. Right. <laughs> it had to be a nigga. No. Yeah. Um. That's that was a moment where I was. the movie seemed useful in a way mm -hmm. um, because at that point I, I felt like okay we've officially foreclosed we've officially put it into an idea about escape mm -hmm. <laughs> and, an idea, and an idea about intramurality or like a black collectivity that is that is all interested in each other's liberation um right. and i think that that idea is dangerous i think that that idea is um demonstrably untrue right like mm -hmm. not only in terms of the film but like in real life like quantitatively it's not true um if we look at the lives of black people so like yeah i i that moment was useful to think about like we cannot assume that that um Basically, that like, black people are just in this together. 
<laughs> like the saying, all skin folk ain't kin folk. Yeah. Shout out to our good girl, Zora Neale Hurston. <laughs> like, yeah. like, shout out to Zora Neale Hurston. Like, absolutely. All skin folk ain't kin folk. And let's be very honest about that. And yeah. let's be willing to tell that truth. Or let's be willing to reckon with that truth. Um, I do. I, I, in one of her interviews, she did say, um, she, I hate when I can't quote correctly, but. And if y'all listen to this, correct me if I'm wrong, but she said she either either the original person that turned them in was white or mm. basically she it was it was a toss was a up. Last, oh, wow. And she ended up going with the black man being the one to turn them in. Interesting. Yeah. Just to basically show like all skin folk and kin folk. Yeah. And maybe and maybe I, I could appreciate that narrative. Not only because I don't believe in something like a black collectivity, but because I don't believe in something like a black collectivity, particularly because black queer experience is so much a part of realizing the impossibility of something like a black collectivity, Mm -hmm. like realizing that all your skin folk ain't your kin folk, like realizing that the people who the very black people who you expect to be interested in your your development and your liberation and your and your betterment are oftentimes or are possibly the very people who are participating in your destruction mm-hmm. right so black queer people have a very intimate relationship with um believing that there is something like a black collective or something like a black family, you know, that is supposed to support them just on the basis of like biology or, you know, or blackness. And that doesn't, and that falls apart for whatever reason. Um, And so like, I think there's a very, that, that, that was why that may be one reason why I was very attracted to that ending. Like, yeah. yeah, a black person definitely will sell you out because a black person. And then she had to stick it to us by showing him counting the money. I was like, yeah. I want to kill like, this nigga in, in the in the in your face. Like, oh my, God. I'm enjoying this actually. Like, I was a so over this. it at yeah. that point. I was like, you cannot be for real. Yeah. Now <sighs> we're at the end of the film. Finally. <laughs> oh yeah, we've been talking for a while. Um. They shot Queen. Yeah. And it was a woman that shot Queen. Which I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch until I read up, read like, I read, it was a woman. The woman cop that they, and they, and I remember them showing the woman cop, like when he turned back, he was like, hold your fire. It was a woman cop. Yeah. Which I guess is another layer to the, to the film. (laughs) Um, but as soon as they shot her, I was in shambles. I was like, no. Because now, mind you, the movie had already been spoiled for me. So I knew they were going to die. Okay. I came into the movie knowing they were going to die. Okay, good. I just didn't know how I was going to be affected yeah. that much by them dying. Shit. Um, and I almost, I, well, I definitely wish I had been like surprised. I hate stuff being spoiled for me. But I was also hoping, like, I mean, there got to be some kind of way they can get away. Like, mm-hmm. they got to the plane. I'm like, yes, here we come, Cuba, with Tupac. Like, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but they shot her and I was like oh wow and um Slim just like he was stuck and I think in that moment, because they had, they had an exchange and they were saying like, I'm not going to let your hand go. Yeah. Um, will you be my legacy? They were saying That's something like that. That's what she asked him. Yeah. And as soon as he got ready, as soon as he began answering, in the process of answering, they shot her. That was so like, I was gutted. I was like, oh my God. Um, and he, I think in that moment, it was very like Romeo and Juliet, like, okay, y'all killed her, now you gotta kill me. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. he started walking towards them, and they lit his ass up. I'm like, damn, did y'all have to shoot? That was another thing. Why Excessive. did y'all have to shoot him so much? Excessive. Oh, it, it was very set it off. Did you, yeah, see, you ever seen set it off? of course. Yeah. Now, <laughs> my, I'm, I'm only referencing that because I saw set it off for the first time like two months ago. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> so I'm proud of myself. And okay, it's, yeah, it's Cleo that they lit up like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, damn, y'all hit the shooter like that? Gee, yeah. damn. Um, and I had the same reaction with Slim. Like, they really lit him up. And then the movie was basically over. Yeah. And then we find out their names. But did you want to talk more about the the death or no? Uh, I guess the the only thing that was really interesting to me was how, again, given what I've been thinking about lately in terms of intimacy, mm -hmm. um, was just like how when she asked him that question, the answer to that question was a bullet. You know, like yeah, when you attempt to when you attempt to, um, that was the first announcement of her, like the explicit announcement of her, like wanting a real, like some, like having a real connection to him, you know, mm -hmm. a long lasting connection to him, right? And after saying she would not have taken him on a second date, right? Like right. after even saying that, like this is the first explicit articulation of connection to him and um the answer to that is a bullet like she dies right after she asks that question because and of course this isn't an excess of what lena maybe intended and i'm not necessarily interested in what lena intended so yeah, i'm thinking about how to ask like the very at the, in the very moment where in which we begin to form desire um build something like what we would imagine to be an intimacy mm -hmm. um that that process in and of itself is one that requests destruction like that magnetizes bullets you know that um that must be that must be stopped that must be ended um not because it's a threat necessarily to to um white power or the social order but because in that moment it's an it's a it's another demonstration of um, of the, the impossibility for blackness to be engaged in anything like intimacy or love. Like mm -hmm. it has yeah. to be 
ended. Yeah. Um, that was interesting to me. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, and I agree. Uh, and then it didn't dawn on me that we, first of all, we find out their names at the end of the film, which I didn't realize until the end of the film. They said, I'm like, oh, we didn't, we didn't reference these people's names at all. And in the, in the film, also, we don't even call them Queen and Slim. That's just the name of the movie. Like, we never hear them referenced as Queen and Slim mm. or as whatever their names were, Ernest and Angela. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And, yeah, and they named her Angela after Angela Davis. Interesting. Yeah. So her name is Angela Johnson in the movie. Um, and so when I when I heard the names in the film, I was like, oh, they, I forgot we did not be we were not formally introduced to them that way. Yeah. And so I read it. I read into it and I listened to Lena's interview and she said she did that on purpose as well. She very much did everything in this film on purpose, which I appreciate. And, you know, to a degree was like, OK, you wanted to do this she didn't tell us our, their names until the end because we don't find out black people's names until they are killed by the police and i was like that well, makes total sense well yeah and a lot of people were now mind you a lot of people at this point had already walked out of the theater before they even got killed <laughs> like they were oh, over wow. it and as soon as they got killed a lot of more people walked out i'm like y'all still some more movie left like relax yeah. Like, people were upset. I bet. Were you upset that they had to die in the end? Or no. did you, like, think, like, that made sense? <laughs> no, that made sense. Not only in insofar as it's a genre film, right? So, like, yeah. like set it off. Like, Thelma and Louise. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we can go on. I mean, that film is one in which we know that the characters... They kind of have, have to, to die. die. Yeah. Um, in terms of the history of a kind of, a kind of plot, filmic plot. Um, and also, you know, the factness of, of, of black death, you know, like there's no such thing as black people living after that. Um, yeah. and again, I, that's not an appeal to re realism. I want to make that very clear. That's not an appeal to realism because I think that there could have been a film where in which, um, Queen and Slim survived. Mm -hmm. Um, which would have been just as cruel, I think. But you said cruel or cool? Cruel. Okay. Yeah, like it would have been just as cruel, like just as violent in my imagination for them to have survived, for them to have died. Um, and that's why I'm not upset with the death. <laughs> like that's why I'm not upset with the death. Because I felt like it would have been more of a slap in the face to people who have, and I felt like this before I heard her say it. She. Like, it would have been more like, <sighs> mm, like, like, we can't see people like real life black people in the real world dying. And then in this film, we have black people um, in similar circumstances not yeah. dying. Yeah. Like, it would have been like a little like weird. Well, people seem to want that really bad. Like, a lot of the I discourse just... on Twitter was like. We already know that black people die. Yeah, they want a happy ending. And I'm like, the truth of the matter is there is like really no happy ending. Like, and what is a happy ending? Like, what is it? People romanticize escape 
Uh, yeah. and, and and that escape is not a happy ending. You know, escape is just a postponement of death for black yeah. people. You know and then, like, if they had lived so. and escaped the Cuba, they still would have been, like, basically not free. They got this thing hanging over their head. They killed a police officer and they were on the run. So it's like, even if they escaped, they w would have still never been free. Which, again, is like story of our lives. Like, yeah. we escaped slavery and we are still not free. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because, because slavery is a thing that that relies on freedom to exist mm -hmm. right like it, freedom is an extension of slavery slavery and freedom are in um in cahoots with one another yeah. <laughs> um which is something of course city of talks about so like i don't yeah like both of those things are are problematic the death and yeah. the life and the living yeah. we're you're in a, at an impasse so it seemed to me that people who were upset about the death were seemed um unaware of the impasse that is black life mm -hmm. and black death how those two things are the same thing they're co-articulated yeah. um, they need each other and plus like i would have i would have i I feel like it, not that the movie would have sucked if they had <laughs> lived, but and I not that I'm glad that they got killed, but like yeah. it makes the it it kind of makes sense basically. Like yeah. they had to die. I hate seeing them die. Like I was yeah. the, the reaction to it was so physical. Yeah. Mind you, I'm on a date, <laughs> so I'm like, Aww. I turned my back. I don't like. I don't want you to see me crying. Um, and then he heard me sniffling. He was like, "Excuse me, are you crying?" Like, yes, I am. I am yeah. crying. This is terrible. Yeah. So we just talked for a really long time. We but really went through every every, every scene moment. basically. <laughs> And I was, was trying pretty... to do that, but I didn't think we was gonna talk for an hour and forty five minutes. That was a deep dive. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, well, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, please remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe, it's all those things. Over. Uh, <laughs> it's already over. <laughs> um, please tell the people where to follow you, sir. Um, I'm at Jatella everywhere. So, at J-A-T-E-L-L-A. -L -L -A. Um, Anywhere. <laughs> I think you should start a podcast. You think I should start a podcast? I'm very, <laughs> shy. I'm very, very shy about putting. You're shy. I'm overly shy. I hate my voice. I don't. I don't. Don't like public speaking. What? I don't at all. This is very weird for me. So that's why I was. I, I've always. We're not gonna keep talking. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thank Please. you for letting me on as well. I appreciate it. And hopefully we have you back on another episode. Okay. Let's do it. Um. That. Okay. Bye. Baby,